Welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. We are talking about patience today. I'll see you in a moment. Welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, and I'm here with my wife, Teresa, co-host. And uh, before we get started today talking about patience, I want to tell you about the Awaken Nation. It's a way that people just like you can support uh, this apostolate. If you if you like what we're doing here, if you like the other shows, you want to support it, you can make a one-time or recurring donation by going to awakencatholic.org slash donate. And another cool way you can support the apostolate is by downloading the Hallow app going to hallow.app slash awaken. It's a really cool app for Christian meditation, guided meditation, um, a great way to structure it into your day. It's uh, You can pick the time, the length, the subject. It's really helpful. I've used it a lot myself, especially in the, the bookends of the day, the morning and evening. Really practical, really helpful. And one other way you can support uh, the uh, Awaken Catholic Apostles is by picking up one of these cool mugs. It says, good morning, darling. Um, but it's from God. It wasn't from me. Sorry, babe. <laughs> but it's a really cool mug here. There's a lot of other cool stuff on awakencatholic.org. So check that out. So, Teresa, one of another one of our favorite topics, because that's what we just do here. All the, the, the things we talk about normally, we gush about uh, in the privacy of our home. We come here and, and uh, have the conversations in front of the camera. The virtue of patience. Patience. Yes. Yeah, so this is our continuing study on the virtues. Virtues, yeah. And this one, I think, is my favorite. I wanted to tag tag this episode like, patience, you're doing it wrong. Because <laughs> I was doing it wrong. And I'm still doing it wrong. Yeah, patience for me was like not punching. <laughs> patience, not <laughs> punching. <laughs> I, I would have never thought of myself as like an impatient person or right. an angry person or a punching person. And then yes. I had kids. I don't well, punch. No, my you kids. don't punch. But the point is, <laughs> you think that you're really patient, and then life changes. You get new responsibilities. You have little people you're responsible for, and you realize I I'm just patient. not a patient person. I was just not challenged in this yeah. insane way. Yeah. <laughs> until now, um, so when when John Mark started, to, um, so if you haven't seen our other episodes on the virtues, we're kind of on a virtue kick right now. Yeah, yeah he yeah. geeks out on the virtues. Sorry, yeah, but all the time it connects with this show, though, right? Because what for me, what's so significant about the virtues is that we go through our daily life and we miss all these opportunities to to become the people God's calling us to be. Yeah, and I have know? to say, as a person who's not a philosopher or someone who I don't know, I'm just I kind of am a normal everyday peasant person, um, f learning the definitions yeah. of the virtues has made a huge difference in me actually implementing virtue yeah. in my day-to-day -day life and decisions. Right. And patience is one of those. Mm -hmm. So um, John Mark's going to give the definition of patience here in a second. Um, but essentially, patience is not letting what's out there disrupt what's in here. And I remember when you, you told me that, yeah. um, it was like truth exploded in my heart because in all the times when I did succeed at patience, not just like I didn't punch someone yeah. again, I don't punch people. 
I need to stop using that. Um, like when I didn't want to like go run and scream outside or scream into a pillow or, right. you know, like do this white knuckled thing. Like I just have to get through this without like exploding. Right. But when I actually enjoyed myself and my children and because usually my stress is around my children, um, it was it was in situations in which I was detached enough from the situation that it didn't like disturb my interior relationship with God, really. Yeah. It like didn't stop my relationship with God. The stuff out there yeah. didn't come in here. Um, and for about 14 years, I had been reading. It, it had been like my weekly reading to read Matthew 6, 24 through 34 every single week, which is, uh, I'll read it here in a second, but it, it's basically Jesus telling you, do not be anxious. Right. Do not be anxious. Essentially, don't let anything disturb your peace. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it really like the definition of, of patience just ex- exploded in my heart. Like yeah. this, this wonderful. Well, I, I like that. Again, that's that there are there are more precise definitions, technical definitions out there, I'm sure. And, I, I you know, I'm, I've got a Peeper quote from Joseph Peeper that I'll read later. Um but I, I do like that image and that way of describing it, that there's whatever I'm encountering out here, the peace in my heart, the peace that God gives, I don't have to give that up. Mm-hmm. I do give it up sometimes, but I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And patience means I, I learn to guard that in whatever situation I'm in. That doesn't mean I don't experience emotion. That doesn't mean I can avoid situations that are bewildering and difficult, but it means that my my emotional experience uh, and and the wrestling with the situation it stays out here a little bit, but the peace I don't give up the peace. Mm-hmm. You know I don't give up the trust in God. That's what I mean. Yeah, let's go ahead and why don't you go ahead and sure. read that because this peace that we're talking about is bound up with our trust and a relationship with God. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather anything into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And which of you can be ang- of being... Sorry, this is not the NAB version. This is my <laughs> husband's Bible. Sorry. <laughs> Let me put my finger under this so I don't get distracted. <laughs> and which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? That one gets me. Yeah. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I like to think of my children when I read that yeah. because they are rarely clothed, clothed <laughs> because laundry is really hard. Covered with sand from the <laughs> sand pit. They're not. Yeah. Me- yeah, we have a sand pit in our yard. It's not a sandbox. It's a sand pit. <laughs> it's a pit. <laughs> but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O men of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day." I'm sorry. It's so me. I, I'm such a cradle Catholic. Like I love my NAB. Uh, like the NAB yeah. is the translation that we hear at mass. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry to throw you off of that. <laughs> it is well, it's my fault. I forgot my Bible, but like let today's let today's yeah. evil be sufficient. Yeah. You know. Um Yeah. Our it's, Lord is asking us to guard to guard yeah. the seeking of the kingdom. Yeah. Like do not let it do not let it um throw you off track. Yeah. I think again, patience has like like all the, the virtues, patience has special significance and opportunity for us as Christians because our patience is rooted in our trust in God. You know, we believe, as it says in Romans eight twenty eight, that all things work together for good for those who love God. So it's on that basis that when I'm in a situation that's bewildering, I can practice, I, I can hold on to that peace because I, you know, I can remind myself, God's still in control here. I may have to deal with a difficult situation, but God remains in control. Mm-hmm. So this virtue of patience uh, again, I'm, I'm going to go on to another quote here. Yes, please. To, to get more into the nitty-gritty of what it is. And this is a, a little bit longish of a quote, but I'll, I'm going to read it in pieces here. This is from Joseph Pieper's um, book on the cardinal virtues, and it's in a section uh, on courage, um, in ter- courage in terms of endurance, enduring difficulty. And he writes, Patience has come to mean an indiscriminate, self-immolating, crabbed, joyless, and spineless submission to whatever evil is met with, or worse, deliberately sought out. Patience, however, is something quite other than the indiscriminate acceptance of any and every evil. The patient man is not the one who does not flee from evil, but the one who does not allow himself to be made inordinately sorrowful thereby. To be patient means to preserve cheerfulness and serenity of mind, in spite of injuries that result from the realization of the good. So when we're trying to realize the good, again, we were talking about the cardinal virtues last time, when we, we recognize our duty, we're trying to do it, we're in that situation, the difficulties that arise from that are difficult. <laughs> they, <laughs> they cause us strong feelings and emotions. They're difficult. But, but in our heart, in the deepest part of us, and who we really are, you know, as a person who chooses to trust in God and his providence, we can make a choice to hold on to that peace. And it's hard. It takes practice. That's why it's a virtue here. But we, we, can, uh, we, can, we can hold on to that peace that, that God gives. And that's this, what this virtue is. One of my favorite um, quotes from Mary, from an apparition, is from Our Lady of Guadalupe. When Juan Diego the man to whom she is appearing, he was supposed to do a task for her, yeah. but his uncle was at home dying. And so he tried to circumvent Our Lady by walking around the place where yeah. she uh, was appearing to go to town to get a priest to give him his, his uncle the yeah. last rites. So he was trying to hide from Our Lady. And she appeared to him on the way, on the other way. And she said, am I not here who is your mother? Are you not in the folds of my mantle? What else do you need? And it's it's just so, and you know, she his uncle was healed when he went yeah. home, but he had to do the mission that she had set out for. But I, I do, I remember that all the time. Like, am I not your mother? Yeah. Am I not your mother? Yeah. I'm going to go on. There's a couple more Sorry. pieces of this. No, that was a, <laughs> a great answer. I didn't, I don't know if I'd heard that before. So Peeper goes on. Patience does not imply the exclusion of energetic, forceful activity, but simply explicitly and solely the exclusion of sadness and confusion of heart. Patience keeps man from the danger that his spirit may be broken by grief and lose its greatness. Uh, I like that piece as well. It expands to, so not just that we're, we're kind of holding on to the peace, but the whole of, of the peace, that the, the confidence that we receive from God, 
the, again, this, this, this trust in God, this trust in, in the intercession of Mary and the saints, this trust in God's providence that I cannot just enter this situation trusting that somehow it'll work out in the end, but I can remain confident and unafraid and, and joyful in, the, in a deep, authentic sense because, I, again, I'm, I'm holding on to this trust in God. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, let me just finish off that quote real quick here. So he goes on, Patience, therefore, is not the tear-veiled mirror of a broken life, as one might easily assume in the face of what is frequently presented and praised under this name, but the radiant embodiment of ultimate integrity. And then he quotes two other, other sources here. He says, in the words of Hildegard of Bingen, patience is the pillar which nothing can soften. And St. Thomas Aquinas, following Holy Scripture, summarizes with pres- superb precision, through patience, man possesses his soul. Mm. And I love that last one. Through patience, man possesses his soul. And that's what we, even even our, our colloquial language that goes along with patience, to lose your patience, to, to lose control of yourself, to, mm-hmm. to be beside yourself. When we're in difficult situations, um, patience is this virtue whereby we hold on to ourselves, to our soul, to our hearts, mm-hmm. so that we remain in the situation. We don't, we don't lose ourselves in it. Yeah. That's really different than a white knuckle, a white knuckling right, approach right. because it's when you white knuckle something at some point, there's a release, yeah. you know, at some point you're like, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get angry. And then you like run out of the room and you're like, ah! you're like, Oh, I did it. I was patient through that. But that <laughs> that's not what patience is. It, yeah. And actually this, this was really a stark realization for me. Um, I remember we had our third child and I had postpartum depression, but I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would sit down with our oldest and I would try to homeschool. And homeschooling was like a really difficult journey for me. I was very feministy, very career driven. And I was like, absolutely not. I am never homeschooling. I'm never giving up my life for that. That's for other people to do. Um, You know, no, no, no. And then I, I had this internal will, my own will changed and I wanted to homeschool. And then I would sit down to homeschool this child. And I would start begin to have physical panic attacks. Mm. And I'm like, but I'm being patient. I'm like, I'm being patient. Like, mm. I'm sitting here. I'm not freaking out. I'm giving the time. Like, God, why is this happening? You know, you you brought me to this place where I want to homeschool. I'm like, why is this happening? But I wasn't being patient. I was being like white knuckled and clingy and, and my mind, really my mind was somewhere else. My mind was about all the thing, the other things I had to be doing. If the baby was going to cry, if the baby, you know, if other people were, you know, what was going on. Um, and actually, so one of the, one of the keys to actually living out patients practically in your life is a spirit of detachment Hmm. in the moment. Um, like not reacting. I'm a, I'm a temperamental rea- reactor. Like my temperament is to just react. Um, and I've had to learn how to draw that back to at least not react instantly. Um, but holding off your reaction mm-hmm. long enough to be able to ask yourself, like, what am I really afraid of? Like, what am I really afraid of in this situation? Like, say I walk into a room and there's like poop everywhere, which happens. That, that happens. Alarming frequency. <laughs> you know, yeah, and like, and you're mad because, you know, the older child should have known, you know, and the younger child yeah. is this and it's, and you're tempted to just react. But if you can hold off for even like a second and be like, I'm not letting this touch me. 
yeah. not letting this touch my interior peace. What am I afraid of? You know, and a lot of times the things that were causing my anxiety were like, I'm afraid I've already failed mm. or I'm afraid I'm going to fail or I'm afraid that the baby's going to wake up and then it's another day where we haven't homeschooled and this kid is going to be a failure, you yeah. know, like, and everybody's going to be right, you know, mm. or, um, you know, I'm not going to get dinner on the table or I'm not like just all the things like it's, it's almost never, I'm afraid of poop. Never. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's a good poster. Of this. <laughs> not afraid of poop. I was actually, I was in spiritual direction and I was, I had been discussing this for a long time with my spiritual director and just being like, why do I react angrily? Why, why? Like, why is my first instinct to yell? And then I came back this one time and I was like, I've been doing great. You know, like this thing happened that I would have yelled at and I didn't. And he's like, well, what did you do? And I said, I just stared. <laughs> I saw what had happened and I just stared for like five to 10 seconds. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it allowed me to just not react. Right. You know? Yeah. Fly. <laughs> Remain patient. Remain patient. <laughs> you know, there's a fly. It reminded me when you told me about that, again, something that reminded me, Elsewhere here on Awakened Catholic, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt on his show Physically Spiritual recently interviewed Dr. Gregory Bataro. Who we hope will someday be our good friend. Oh, that's right. Is he not our good friend? <laughs> got to work on that. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. We're coming after We're you, Dr. Awkward. Greg. <laughs> no, but the point is he he's uh, he sort of pioneered this exploration of uh, mindfulness and what aspects of it you know, are, are not just uh, congruent, uh, but but really in line with uh, the writings of, of the great spiritual doctors of the church and our understanding of our, our human person, and our integrated self. You know, and a lot of what mindfulness is, uh, one of the things that you're practicing is that when you're in a situation, sometimes, again, it's what you, your mind is going to, you're looking past the situa- situation. You're thinking about all the things that could go wrong down the, down the road all the effects, mm-hmm. all your mind is going and trying to deal with all those at once. And they can't all even turn out. They can't all even all happen, but you're mm-hmm. worrying about them all at the same time rather than coming back to your senses, coming back to the moment yeah. and saying, no, right here, right mm-hmm. now, I'm not in danger. Uh, this, my child's not in danger. It's just a bit of poop on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, or even, you know. yeah. Or something like, yeah. Like sometimes broken glass occurs a lot in our house, Mm -hmm. you know, and I remember getting like really in a panic and Mm -hmm. freaking out over broken glass until one day I was like, you know, if the kid doesn't listen and they walk on the broken glass, it's just a cut in the foot. Right. You know, it's not a head injury. It's not running out in front of a car. Yeah. They didn't listen. It's a consequence. They're not going to do it again. Yeah. You know, and I, I remember that day was very freeing. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's just it will be like a tiny glass cut. Right. It is not, a, it's not something I need to yell at my kid for. Yeah. You know, to keep them in the, that corner over there. Truly. Because they're going to step on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, so, and, and so patience is not just about not, you know, reacting badly in, in a way that's bad, but it's also, and this is a key piece for me, again, given what we've been talking about with the virtues, is that patience is about guarding your heart, guarding your peace so that you can remain prudent. So mm-hmm. your prudence doesn't your prudence doesn't go out the window in an unexpected or or a, a, a trying scenario. So because yeah. in that in those scenarios you're, mm-hmm. you're giving, you still have to act. You still have to take action. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that oftentimes your initial reaction, your your habitual reaction, your reaction your reaction in anger or fear or those quick emotions, those aren't going to be productive. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to be creative and think on your feet and and be 
be patient and be kind and be gentle and to bring the best out of that even difficult situation. But patience is about, no, no, I kind of keep this liminal space. This is happening, but I, I have a moment of pause. I have this space where I hold on to that peace and I remain prudent. I remain uh, in, in control and I select what's the right thing to do in response to this. And what's the reality of the situation? I'm not in danger. Things will be okay. I just have to take the next step forward. Mm-hmm. So it's about it's about holding on to prudence in these difficult situations. Yeah, I would yeah. really recommend um, Dr. Bataro's uh, at catholicpsych.com, I think, catholicpsych.com. He has um, a Catholic mindfulness retreat. It's an it, like an eight-week online virtual retreat. And he goes through a lot of this, a, a lot of like yeah. why, why our problem-solving in stressful moments doesn't actually work and it won't actually work. Yeah. <laughs> it makes us more anxious. Um, so I, I would really recommend that. Yeah. Um, but I remember one day um, you walked into the kitchen and we were talking and I was making breakfast and a kid dropped some, or a kid asked me a question. No, a kid asked me a question. Mm. Can I have a piece of fruit or something like that? And I lost my mind. And you like kind of took me aside and you were like, Teresa, I don't understand. I don't understand why that just happened. Mm. You know, they asked you just like this question and like this response was not, you know, and I remember explaining to you that like, well, this wasn't just, he's asking for a piece of fruit. This is, he asked for a piece of fruit in front of his sister and his sister heard, and now she's going to scream and the eggs are going to burn. And like this thing over here. And I forgot that this wasn't like washed (laughs) and I need it next for this thing. And then, Oh, I didn't set the table. But I mean, like you're right. It's never about the moment. Right. When I get angry or when I get irritated or when I have some kind of like anxiety or panic, it's always about a million other futures that are going to occur. Right. And those may, I mean, and it's not like I just make these up. They are valid things that yeah. I've learned through trial and error. Like, yeah. yeah, if he asks for an M&M in front of all of his siblings, they're all going to be like, M&M, M&M, M&M. Yeah. You know, so it does, those things are real, yeah. but it's not like, yeah, it's, it's scenarios in the future or in yeah. wounds in the past right. that I'm dealing with in that moment instead yeah. of just that moment. Yeah. Well, and you got you have to remain in a place where you can deal with the unexpected and you can deal with the difficult because things are not going to stop being difficult mm-hmm. even when we grow in virtue. It's just that we, we are able to, if we, as we practice virtue, we're able to, re, to remain in a place where we can be prudent, where we can be just, where we can be courageous. You know, we, we can't lose our heads. Mm-hmm. We can't lose our hearts. We can't give up that peace. So again, pivoting this to to practicality a little bit, we've already, I think, we think of this in a, in a few steps. If if patience is about possessing your own soul, guarding your peace, guarding your heart, then a, a first step, uh, and guard, not just guarding the guarding human peace, you know, my own manufactured peace, guarding the peace that got, comes from God, mm-hmm. from trusting in Him, then the, the obviously the first step is to cultivate that peace. You know, and that's that's our spiritual life. That's our life in in Christ, our life in the church, our prayer life. Um, you know, we, we have talked about that. We'll keep talking about that. Actually, Reading that verse that you did. Yeah. Example. So yeah. I, I want to bring up another um, way in which I learned the distinction between God's peace and the world's peace. Yeah. And it's actually an anecdote from a, a visionary or a locutionist. Um, I don't know if this it's approved or if it's not, but doesn't matter because it's true. <laughs> um, even if it's not a direct the revelation. Principle involved, you know, yeah, like what's articulated. Um, so she said she, this woman, her could hear the voices of Jesus, Mary and the devil in her heart. Mm. And she was like 
nine years old or something like that. And someone asked her, like, how do you tell the difference? Like, do they sound different? Does Jesus sound like a man? And she said, no. And the person's like, well, how do you tell the difference then between the voices? And she said, when Jesus and Mary talk, I feel like I'm free. I feel like if they tell me I should do something that I'm free to do it. And that when the devil talks, I feel like I have to do it right now and that I don't have a choice and that I need to do this thing right now. Yeah. And that I couldn't, I couldn't believe what a difference because that's true. Yeah. Whether or not that that's right in line with yeah. Ignatius's discernment of spirits, right? I mean, it's right it, yeah, out of absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but just looking at that in my life, like if I don't even have a moment to pray about it, even if someone like of a religious nature is telling me like, you need to make this decision right now. You need to tell me right now. You need to, mm-hmm. you know, claim it right now. Well, if I don't have a moment to pray about it, then it's clearly not of God. You know, if I can't take a step back and talk to my husband about this or like discern it as a family, then it's then I'm just not going to do it. You know, whether or not you think I'm going to lose my soul if I don't claim this right now, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's a great chapter in in Screwtape Letters, you know, where the where Screwtape uh, is instructing a lower level demon on tempting this person. and, And we see that that principle from the discernment of spirits, you know, that's Ignatius, right? Yeah. Ignatius, yeah. We see that played out in a human mind, you know, in, as this per, uh, the devil's talking through this person, you know, that precisely when we're, when we're moving away from God, then God's words do give us a sense of restlessness in the sense that we need to make a change. Mm-hmm. But when we're moving toward God, when we're trying to be prudent, when we're trying to seek God's will, then the, the voices, the, the ideas that give us uh, impatience, that make us feel anxious that we have to make a decision now, those don't come from God because mm-hmm. he always invites us with with a peace and with a freedom because, again, the whole point of this is that we're he gives us free will and he, he invites us, but we have to make a choice. And so, yeah, that that's, I mean, reading up on the discernment of spirits, Ignatius has such great wisdom in there for how we we become mindful of what's going on in our hearts and these movements and, and able to make better decisions about what to do with them. Yeah. Father Timothy Gallagher yes. is an excellent teacher yeah. of St. Ignatius of Loyola's discernment of spirits and the the daily examine. Right. Um, so I'd, I'd really recommend, I think actually you can find him on YouTube yeah. just for free. He has books, but I, I, I prefer yeah. um, hearing the person teach. And I want to mention as another practical for people who have children, um, I actually heard Michelle Duggar say this, and it was it was one of those things that just really stuck with me. Um, but she said that when you have little kids, yeah. everything is an emergency. Everything <laughs> is urgent to them. Yeah. Um, and whether or not it is urgent, the adult has to be careful not to be drawn into their urgency. Mm. You know, so like kids live in the moment. Right. You know, so it's like their cup of milk is like what they need right now. And if they can't have it, you know, like it's just it's very intense. Yeah. And as the adult, you have to be really careful not to get drawn into their emergency because it's not emergent. Right. You keep your pace. You know, even if it is something that involves a tiny bit of blood, you are still the adult in that situation. And that was hard for me. That was really hard for me to learn because there's nobody to save me. I'm the adult in all of these situations now with little children. Um, So that that was very helpful. Thank you, Michelle Duggar. (laughs) So, again, if if we think of it in terms of steps, you know, the first step, if, if patience is about guarding the peace, the first is to cultivate that peace. And you read the, the passage from Matthew, and you know that's our prayer life, that's our relationship with God. We gotta, we have to invite that peace, cultivate it, receive it from God. And then number two is we need to be become more aware of 
if patience is guarding this peace in our heart, we need to become more aware of the movements of our heart. You know, we, we talked last episode in uh, talking about the cardinal virtues, this idea of doing an examination of conscience at the end of the day and looking back. And again, sometimes what's helpful about the virtues to me is that sometimes our examinations of conscience are, they get really hyper-focused on these, these end point, perfectly packaged sins that we see in other people. Like, oh, okay, I didn't commit murder. You know, I didn't do these kind of the end result of these things. But we're not, we don't always go to the more subtle things that lead to the sins, the subtle vices, the subtle character flaws. Like, if I think back in this day, don't just think about like the, the obvious concrete wrapped up with a bow sins that happened. But think, you know, when did I, when did I lose my cool? Like, when was my heart troubled today? What led up to that? And then what did that lead to after that? We, we want to recognize these things, recognize these patterns. What were the things, what are the things day to day that I avoid? Or I, I hope they don't happen. For me, it's phone calls. Man, I hate getting phone calls at work. It just, they just throw me completely off. So I kind of avoid them. But that's, when I recognize that, I recognize that I have a, I have a certain wound there, a certain fear there, a certain a lack of courage there that I have to address. And so in terms of patience, again, this awareness, we think back through our day. And when I've lost my patience, we say, what was that situation? How was I unprepared for that situation? As you pointed out earlier, what a, was I really yeah. afraid of in that situation? Yeah, you know? yeah the, I think that's one of the, the most adult questions you can ask yeah. is, what, where's the fear? Yeah. What was the fear? Where's the wound? Where's the thing that I was, that was not really actually present in this situation? Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, that's kind of a second point is becoming more aware of the movements of our heart as we guard our heart. We can become more aware of what's going on there. And then as we become aware of those situations or those wounds or those fears, then we can take steps to address them. And that might be more prayer. That might be reading. That might be talking to someone uh, on the level of virtue. It's maybe practicing um, practicing the sort of the skills, the virtue skills we need for those situations. You know, we, we were joking earlier, I don't know if it was on here or someplace else, about um, eating, eating the frog. Is oh, last, we have. last virtue. La- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, this notion if I have a difficult thing going on today, sometimes I leave that for the end. I leave that for a moment when I am just in no state of mind or heart to deal with it. Well, it's, sometimes it's best to go in those situations really prepared. Put them first. Eat the frog. Mm-hmm. You know, start out your day if you, if you have a bunch of things to do. Pick the one you know you're dreading. You know that that it's going to catch you off guard even when you're at your best. Do that first. Go into it fresh. Go into it with your heart in your hand, so to speak. You know, go to, into it with a prayer on your lips. Lord, I know you're in control. I know that there's nothing in the situation that ultimately can harm me. And I'm just going to address it. And I'm going to trust yeah. you, you know. Yeah, I, um, I have a teeny segment on our local Catholic radio station. Yeah every year or every week. And I've done this for almost a year. Yeah. And I certainly thought that when I started this, that at some point they were going to call me and I would have forgotten. Yeah. Do, do, do they know how many times that you, you were talking to me about, man, I, I'm going to have to call them and tell them I can't do this. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, so where, why did I even start talking about this? Shoot. Eating the frog. Oh yeah. So yeah. every single time before I do this, radio show, I think it's going to be an utter disaster. Sometimes it is, uh, at least from my (laughs) point of view. Um, They haven't fired me yet. Um, But like I get down on my knees and in front of the crucifix before I do it. And I'm just like, Lord, this is all in your hands. This is all in your hands. I don't want a single thing of this for myself. 
I don't want I don't want any of it. I only want what you want. So please, I know you're capable of like keeping my words on track based on what you want. Yeah. And and so far it's gone well. Yeah. <laughs> At least I don't think I've spoken heresy, which was my main concern. I think you have. You do a great job. You know, another strategy uh, that comes to mind is, um, I don't know what term to give this, the, the term I wrote down when I was trying to think it through was sort of like time boxing. But what I mean is uh, sometimes a, a particular pain or difficult situation, one of the things that precisely um, um, causes us to give up our patience, lose our patience, give in to fear, is because we don't, it doesn't have an end point. We don't really know how long this is going to go on? How long can mm. I endure this? If we l- examine the actual stimuli, mm-hmm. the actual sensation of this pain or whatever, we recognize yeah. it's not that bad. It's just that it's the uncertainty. Yeah, so to- guys, <laughs> yeah. men, yeah. this is a common thing when it comes to NFP. Mm. Seriously, you just think in your head, we're never going to have sex again. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> and that's, you got to talk to her about right. that. <laughs> got to be a because plan it's got to be communicated once there's an end sign yeah. you know and if there's not like i not to switch things to nfp right now oh you went there um, Keep i going. did i Plow did ahead. But, sorry <laughs> patience pa- patience you need patience when doing nfp um you know but when you you know things like we had a hard time with the postpartum period because you you're not fertile and so it's just like you have no idea what's going on or when you could like just be fertile again yeah. You know, and so we had to talk about that. It took us maybe like three babies to have to talk about it. And then finally we decided, well, maybe this particular method isn't working for us during the postpartum period. And then we, once we talked about it, Mm -hmm. we had a game plan. And once we had a game plan, we had an end to the problem. (laughs) Like there was no longer just this infinite time of abstinence. And there's, there's so much in there. We were going to talk. We really want to we talk more about this in the episode. episode, but 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 the point is getting it out there. Then there was also recognizing, oh, you want this and I want that, and we're like, we're on the same page here. We yeah. want intimacy, and we just we have a plan. We're going to work it. You know, that there's, there's a yeah. lot there. Yeah. But certainly, and once you've got a plan, it's much easier to be patient. Mm-hmm. If you've got an activity that that's difficult that tries your patience, you know, I think a strategy is, um, uh, is to again make it very concrete. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for ten minutes. I'm going to set myself a timer. Didn't your, your friend did this? One of your friends oh, talking yeah, about Tara. this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Of, you know, like let's start small. Okay. I'm going to do, I'm going to set myself a timer and I'm just going to be in this moment, remain trusting in God. I'm going to endure it and be present to it for this amount of time. You know, and that can help a lot if we want yeah. to practice. And then when the time's over, I get a sticker. <laughs> or go have a, you know, a cocktail or something. I don't know. Well, not a cocktail. No, no, no. <laughs> we want to go there. Bad idea. You could rack those up pretty that, fast. That's, that's true, especially if you're, yeah. You're, um. <laughs> Finish that sentence. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'd say another way, so uh, this time boxing or, or or breaking it into something manageable and planned, you know, um, um, I, if you if you were trying to build a new skill, there's this this is involved too. Like I'm going to, maybe I, I want to read more. Well, I, I, I never get around to sit. I can't sit down and read for a long time. Well, I'm going to read for 10 minutes. I'm well, going to work on that. Yeah. Or writing or reading to the kids or something that's difficult that I usually lose patience with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to knock out this amount of time and just yeah. be there. You always advise me on this with the kids with spending yeah. quality time with them. I hate playing. Kids, if you're watching this someday in the future, I'm sorry. I just hate playing. You're just so type A. You know, you just I am. Get, I'm get like, even it. when we play dolls, I'm like, let's clean the dollhouse. 
Um, and they're like, no, it's <laughs> not playing. So, so you advised that I like set a timer and then like free my mental space. Right. So that I'm not doing anything yeah. but just being present and playing. And in a, in a pre- past episode, we talked about the virtue of justice and how yeah. like that's justice. I'm doing justice to the person that I'm sitting yeah. with. Yes by freeing my mental space for this amount of time yeah. to give them what they're due. Yeah. Yeah. Do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the one other thing I would mention then in terms of that, that third point, this practice, you know, practicing guarding this piece uh, is just go back to the Dr. Pataro's work and the mindfulness stuff that those two examples of eating the frog and time boxing or whatever you want to call it are sort of practicing in the situations. But again, outside the situations, when we make an examination of conscience, um, or when we're having that quiet time with God, we can we can sit and and practice um, this this mindfulness of remaining in the present moment. You know, we're not maybe in a situation of a lot of external stimuli, but man, you sit down for a few minutes, you recognize that my mind is a noisy place, mm-hmm. and to, to even to stay uh, present to God and patient and at peace, uh, even in quiet time, is difficult. But there too, we can practice these skills that we then use in other areas of our life. This ability to remain, to hold on to the peace, to remain in the presence of God, to remain trusting Him, whatever is coming at us. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of patient stuff. That's all that's on I the paper. I have though. lost my patience with patience. You've we better lost your wrap patience this with... episode up. Well, that, that sounds like very prudent that we that we wrap it up then <laughs> if you're losing your patience. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. Again, we, we just... And we thank you for um, entering into this little discussion with us and coming along for the ride. Um, if you like what we're doing on this show or on any of the other shows here on Awaken Catholic, um, we would heartily and gratefully invite you to support the work uh, through a one-time or recurring donation by becoming a part of the Awaken Nation. And you can go to awakencatholic.org slash donate to, to join uh, and become part of that. And there's some exclusive stuff just for members. But also... There's a great app that, again, I keep mentioning this at the end of our episodes, but it helps practice a lot of these virtues, and that's the Hallow app. It's, a, it's an app for guided uh, Catholic meditation on Scripture or the Liturgy of the Hours or the Rosary. It's a great way for you could, to sit, pick an amount of time, put in your earbuds, and allow it to walk you through quiet time with God. And it's a great way to practice patience, to practice mindfulness, to practice presence, to practice prudence. You know, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about and why are we talking about it? Because it's, it, it elevates the ordinary aspects of our lives. So download the Hallow app, check it out. Uh, and we really appreciate your support here at Awaken Catholic. So once again, this has been uh, Elevate Ordinary. I'm John Mark Grodi. This is Teresa. And <laughs> thanks for joining us. God bless. We'll see you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hallow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.